It is August 9th. Welcome in to This Is Baseball, a weekly baseball show bringing you all of the big news each and every week. New episodes out every Wednesday. We are officially into the road to the playoffs. We have around 40 games left to go in the season, and we have about 19 teams that still realistically have a chance to make the playoffs. Uh, We'll get into that a little bit later, but first I want to take us out to Cleveland on Saturday night. The Cleveland Guardians hosted the Chicago White Sox over the weekend, and we had the first real fight in Major League Baseball in a very long time. The bottom of the sixth inning, Jose Ramirez was up to the plate, ripped a double, and went sliding into second head first and met a tag from Tim Anderson. And I'm not 100% sure what started this. I don't know if Jose Ramirez thought that Tim Anderson tagged him too hard or was standing over him for too long or what, but Jose Ramirez got up and was upset with Tim Anderson and Tim Anderson just said, okay, let's fight. So he dropped his glove hockey style and squared up and Jose Ramirez was like, okay, we're doing this. So Tim Anderson throws one punch, misses, throws another punch, misses again, throws a third punch, also misses. Jose Ramirez threw his first punch, the right hook, caught Tim Anderson right in the jaw and knocked him out, and that interaction was over. Now at this point, bitches have cleared, and we are now at the point of most Major League Baseball fights where it's just a bunch of pushing and shoving and hold me back moments. Now, I know that Tim Anderson has frustrated a lot of people over the years, and I don't know if this was just kind of the breaking point for Jose Ramirez, but on behalf of the league, Jose Ramirez just knocked out Tim Anderson. Now, obviously, it didn't go well for Tim because... He was the one that was like, let's do this, and he lost. A little bit later, some of the coaches got into it. Pedro Grafal and Terry Francona were yelling at each other, and the benches cleared again. And it took this, took the umpires about 15 minutes to clear everything up and get the game going again. I think one of my favorite parts of this was Jose Ramirez standing on second after all of this went down, thinking that he's going to stay in the game. Have to respect the effort. And now that it's been a few days, the league has announced the suspensions. And Jose Ramirez was given a three-game suspension. And this made me laugh. Tim Anderson, who started the fight and lost the fight, got a six-game suspension. So I guess the moral of the story is don't lose the fight. Both players are 
appealing those suspensions. I would imagine that they're going to be upheld by the league, but there they are. Order ended up being restored and the game went on as normal and White Sox held on to beat the Guardians 7-4. And then the next day, the White Sox won the series on Sunday. And again, I am not advocating for players to be fighting each other in sports, but I have to respect this interaction because typically Major League Baseball fights are a bunch of nothing, a bunch of pushing and shoving and hold me back and nothing really happens. And Tim Anderson and Jose Ramirez were like, hey, let's just let's do it. This is the first actual fight or punches thrown that I can remember since Rugnet Odor popped Jose Bautista after holding in six months of frustration for the bat flip in the 2015 ALDS. Again, another situation where nobody was sad to see Jose Bautista get punched in the face. Moving on to Baltimore, the Orioles are 70 and 42, and they are three games ahead of the Tampa Bay Rays for the AL East lead, continuing to have a great season. Now, the Orioles are having a great season this year. They had a decent season last year, but really since 2016 2017, the Orioles have been one of the worst teams in the league. Facts and stats and records will tell you that. Orioles play-by-play announcer Kevin Brown was doing pregame against the Tampa Bay Rays in Tampa and was going over the last time that Baltimore had beat, had won a series in Tampa, and it had been since 2017. And he was kind of going over that history of how things had not been going well for Baltimore against Tampa. And then proceeded to say that things are going better this season. And Baltimore Orioles ownership didn't like Kevin Brown's words and have suspended him from the air. Kevin Brown has not been seen on a Baltimore Orioles broadcast since July 30th. Now, I understand that You don't want your broadcasters to just get up there and be critical of your team. But that's not what was being done here. Kevin Brown was giving historical context of kind of the road to relevancy that Baltimore has has been on getting to 2023. And nothing he said was a lie or exaggerated. But Baltimore Orioles ownership didn't like it and we haven't seen him since. And I would imagine that We will see him again really soon because he didn't say anything wrong. And you have an owner that's just being thin-skinned about nothing. Now, broadcasters from other teams across the league have spoke out in support of Kevin Brown, notably Gary Cohen of the New York Mets, New York Yankees' Michael Kay, Jason Benetti of the Chicago White Sox. They've all come out and supported Kevin Brown as I would imagine most people would have seen a lot of radio personalities saying, I don't understand this. It makes no sense. He didn't say anything wrong. 
Nothing he said warranted any sort of discipline. He was just stating facts and, again, just giving context to how poorly the Orioles had been up to this point and that they were turning it around. And what I don't understand about this is this was obviously a pre-planned segment. This came with a graphic and game notes. So this wasn't something that he just said off the top of his head in the third inning or something. This was something that him and the producers and everybody in the truck, the production truck were a part of. So if you're suspending him or punishing Kevin Brown, you would then also need to punish your, the rest of your production team that was involved in this. And I don't think that that happened. And obviously the Orioles have said, well, we don't comment on personnel things like this. So we're never going to know, but I think everybody hopes to see Kevin Brown back in the booth very soon. Very odd situation that didn't need to, to be at all. Let's move on to the playoff picture. So last week was the trade deadline and Obviously, we talked about it. Shohei Otani did not get traded by the Los Angeles Angels, and the Angels have been terrible since the deadline. They are 2-8 and eight in their last 10. They are 11 and a half games back in the division now in the AL West. They're officially behind Seattle, and they're eight back in the wildcard standings. So... It's looking like more and more that the Angels made a mistake in not trading Shohei Otani because this offseason he is likely signing elsewhere, whether it's the Dodgers or the Giants. Mariners might make a push at him. I think that his time in the Angels organization is over. I would imagine that he doesn't even want to be here at this point. But again, I think the Angels messed up. And then messing up has given the Seattle Mariners a chance to take advantage of that. Because while you have the Angels who have lost seven in a row, the Mariners are have are on a five-game win streak and they've won eight out of their last ten. And they're now only three games behind Toronto for that wild card spot few other teams that are in that playoff chase that have not played well since the trade deadline are the Diamondbacks. They have lost six in a row. The Reds have also lost six in a row. In fact, they're in third place in the AL Central. Marlins, four in a row. Red Sox have lost four in a row. San Francisco lost a series against Oakland over the weekend. Something that I think only the Kansas City Royals can say this year. Other than the seven game win streak that Oakland had. Obviously, I'm not surprised that the Diamondbacks are now only one game over 500 and kind of coming back to earth and falling off a little bit. But with all that being said, there are only two games back for that last wildcard spot. So while it's not going great for them right now, it is, you know, it's it's not over. So they still have a lot to play for. The Reds are in that 
last wild card spot. But a team to be on the lookout for are the Chicago Cubs. I think I said that Chicago had leapfrogged Cincinnati, but Cincinnati is actually above Chicago right now in the standings, but Chicago's playing good baseball. And again, the the National League playoff slots are up for grabs. We had a no-hitter last week. Astros pitcher Framber Valdez threw a 93-pitch no-hitter against the Cleveland Guardians. I don't know about you, but it seems like the Cleveland Guardians find themselves in a position to be no-hit. I'm barely certain it happened to them three times. It was either last year or the year before. So it's just not being on the wrong side of history. Sticking with the Astros and the AL West, I think that the most fun playoff chase to watch will be that AL West division race between the Texas Rangers and the Houston Astros. Houston is currently three games back of Texas. And those two teams will only match up one more time this season. And that's not until September. And if you want to make an argument about the negative impact that a balanced schedule has in Major League Baseball, it is things like this where the Astros get less chances to go head-to-head against the Rangers in an effort to chip away at that division. But, But all in all, the... Balanced schedule is obviously really good for the game. In fact, it's so good for the game that MLB attendance is up 9% over 2022. And that is the biggest spike in attendance since 1998. So about 25 years. And if you remember what happened in 1998, it was Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa in the home run chase. So I could imagine why attendance spiked here, but attendance is going up in major league baseball because people are, are liking the rule changes. They like the pitch clock, the pitch clock. We're down about 25 minutes a game. Games are two hours and 36 minutes. I believe there's also more action in the game. So Removing the shift has created more offense. You have more triples and doubles. Bigger bases have created more stolen base attempts. So there's a lot more things happening in the game that weren't before. And again, going back to the balance schedule, the balance schedule means that every team will play each other in at least one series each year. So you have more stars visiting more cities. So you have more reason to go to games where, you know, Shohei Otani, if you are in the National League, you would essentially get a chance to see him maybe once every three years. But now you're going to get a chance once a year. So you're able to mark games or mark a series off on your calendar that you want to go to because you're getting more opportunity to see that. If you want to see Mike Trout, if you want to see Aaron Judge, Shohei Otani, you know, whoever your favorite player is, you have way more access to that. And again, going back to the pitch timer or the the 
the games being shorter in general, if you're able to go to a baseball game and you know that it's going to be between two and a half and three hours that you're spent there, you can kind of plan out your day that way. And I think that's why things like the NFL and NBA do so well, because you you pretty much know what you're getting yourself into. You know that you're not going to be, it's not going to be two hours. It's not going to be five hours. You know kind of exactly what you're getting into. And that's a draw for people. Along with that, you have the expanded postseason. You have more teams that have a chance to get into the postseason and more more postseason slots means that more teams are in it in September. So if your team is in it, if your team is, you know, maybe they're 500 or they're just under 500, but they're three games out and it's late August or early September, you're probably going to go and try and see your team in a playoff race and support them because they're playing well and have a chance to be there in October. So all of these things kind of create more interest in the game and are getting more people in the park. And I say this because I love baseball, but people love to to get on Twitter or social media and talk about how Major League Baseball is dying. But if you actually look at the facts and look at the numbers, baseball is actually doing really well. And this season is an example of that. And you can look at all of the changes that Rob Manfred has implemented this season that are contributing to that. Speaking of Rob Manfred, Rob Manfred just got extended by the owners. He's going to be the commissioner of Major League Baseball until at least 2029. And I'd imagine he's going to be commissioner beyond that because he is continuing to, whether you like it or not, make positive changes to Major League Baseball. I said it couple weeks ago, I think all the things that he is doing are good for the game. And we're starting to see that. And I think a lot more people are starting to accept that he is the right guy for the job. I know that it's cool to, to, you know, not like a league's commissioner, but I think he's doing a lot of things. Baseball was in a really weird spot for like a decade. And now you're starting to see it take a turn where people are interested and He is a pretty big reason as to why that's happening. This season is absolutely flying by. Again, we've got about 40 games left before the postseason. And just a reminder that I think the Braves are winning. The Braves have been the best team all season long. Their record proves that. Their roster proves that. And I think they're going all the way. Now, before we get out of here, I want to remind you, I talked about it a little bit last week. A friend of mine and myself have started a football podcast called the Football Kingdom Podcast. It is going to be every Tuesday. We already have two episodes out. Uh, Our first episode came out last week, and it was an overview of the AFC. Our most recent episode is out as of yesterday, and it's going to tell you everything you need to know about the NFC to get you ready for the NFL season. So again, that's the football kingdom podcast and it is available wherever you listen. And we're going to be doing that throughout the football season. That is less than a month away now. 
That's all I have this week. Thank you for listening.